Welcome back to the Valley to Peak Nutrition Podcast. This week, we tackle a final listener question before we go into next year's episodes where we'll start with no off-season, continue our frequently asked questions, guest interviews, just a lot of exciting things coming in the new year for the podcast. So I'm looking forward to that. But the question this week was about the rising inflation prices of food and specifically as they relate to protein-based foods. So it's no uh, it's no mystery that prices have on everything have gone up, including food. In fact, pr- food prices were up over 12.4% now compared to this time last year. And as you can imagine, that has a dramatic effect on everybody's grocery bills. Someone, probably all of us, took note of this and had asked questions like, based on the rising cost of meat, what's the best bang for the buck protein that I can buy? In other words, this guy was asking, of all the ways for me to get protein in, what options do I have to get the most protein in based on my goals for the least cost? It was a great question as you'll find, not that straightforward of an answer. Find out why protein in rice isn't the same as protein in chicken. There are two scores that have a huge impact on my answer here. And so we're going to learn about those scores, give some history to them, which I think is ultimately going to guide you in making the best choice that you can whenever you go to the grocery store and can make a huge difference in your overall progress. Like I said earlier, we'll have one final episode for the year next week. So be sure to check that out. Our one-on-one coaching program is currently open. If you're interested in that, this could be a good time to check that out. You can find more information about that on the website or at a link in the show notes. In the meantime, I hope you guys can enjoy this episode. And if you have any questions, feel free to shoot those over to us. The next question, value for value, what's the best quality protein that we can purchase? This was one of my favorite questions that i've seen in a while so to some background to this was he said with the rising cost of food particularly of meat we've really tried to trim our grocery bill obviously we eat meat so it's not like we're going to stop buying it but we are trying to figure based on our protein needs based on protein quality what are the best options available to get for our like bang for our buck? I don't think you can really talk about this without some nerdy stuff with protein. And that is the biological value of protein as well as the PDCAAS score. <laughs> Both of these are basically a measurement of what the label what a food label says has uh, for the protein content right like so if you look at a certain food it's going to tell you what the protein content is that's one of the mandatory things that they've got a list of what this label says is in this product a how much of that does my body actually absorb so no you do not absorb almost everything on every label so if like rice says five grams you don't get all five to build muscle you have to have a certain amount of amino acids right the perfect ratio of those amino acids mean greater muscle building for that food the second score the pdcaa score tells you how much of this of the amino acids in here how much of it contains these essential amino acids that i need to build the muscle right so we'll just i'll use we'll use rice for an example rice is has a low biological value and a low PDCAA. So if you look at it, it says half a cup of rice gives you about five grams of protein. And what that is saying when you look at those two scores is 
okay, well, based on rice, it is A, you're not absorbing everything that's in there. You're not getting all five grams. And B, of all the amino acids that you actually need to repair tissue, there's a very low fraction of the ones that you actually need in this product. Does that mean you should avoid rice? No, but compared to other foods, which we'll talk about in a minute, it's very low as far as bang for your buck when it comes to building muscle and the cost of it, if that makes sense. So like an example of this would be if you needed 30 grams of protein at a meal, for example, let's just say that, let's just say that rice had uh, three grams of protein per serving. I can't remember if it's three or if it's five, but let's just say that it had three because I've already worked the math out on this. You would take 10 servings to get to 30 grams. So that's roughly a dollar a serving. It's relatively inexpensive, but the problem is, number one, you don't get all of the protein that you're, it says that you're getting. So if it says 30 grams, you're not actually getting all 30. And then second, it would take over 1,700 calories to get that 30 grams of protein. If you were to compare that to chicken breast, let's say, chicken breast would be A, less expensive. You'd be at 165 calories for the same 30-gram portion. And because chicken breast has very high scores in both of those numbers, you would get nearly everything that the label says is in chicken breast. I think this person's talking about the best bang for their like literal buck, like how much, you know, what's the best cost, most cost, cost efficient way to eat protein. I'm thinking, well, what's the best way to get protein without having to eat 10 servings of rice? I mean, you almost can't even stomach that. So I think I've asked you before, like, what's the best, you know, what people say, oh, well, that has peanut butter. And so it's great protein. It's like, eh. from what you've said, a chicken breast having protein and a scoop of peanut butter with your apples having protein is you're not comparing, no pun intended, apples to apples, I guess. Yeah. So like peanut butter is a good example. Peanut butter is a high fat food that happens to have proteins. People will also say like, oh, well, beans are a great source of protein. No, they're not. They're a carbohydrate based food that happens to have protein. They're both really great examples of this same idea because again, you can't really have this conversation without looking at both of those numbers. Both of those foods, as well as rice, A, you absorb very little of the protein that's listed on the food label. B, it has very little amounts of the essential amino acids you need to actually repair tissue. And for most everybody listening to this, that means to build your muscle. When you compare that to animal-based proteins, chicken breast, eggs, um, cottage cheese, Greek yogurt, elk meat, venison, hamburger, Anything you can think of that comes, fish, salmon, etc., milk, dairy, all of those things. Very, very, very high on the list of what the label says is in here is actually in here. Very, very, very high on the list of, of the essential amino acids that you need to build a muscle. It has almost all of them. In fact, the standard that these are measured against is the egg. The egg is the highest biological value highest PDCAA score that you could possibly get. And so when you hear all the bros talking about, oh, you, well, you definitely don't need as many omelets as they eat. But when they, when, they, when they use that as a primary protein source, that is not a bad idea. Although, you know, again, the dose makes the poison and they go overboard sometimes. It's a good, it's a good example. So I ran the numbers on this and looked at eggs, non-fat Greek yogurt, protein powder, and chicken breast because though you know because those are staples at our house um i know what the cost of them is i know that those are the least expensive whenever you look at protein-based foods 
I did not take into account stuff like venison and elk because not everybody does that. Not everybody eats that. Not everybody fills a tag, so on and so forth. So obviously, yes, if you pay $38 for a resident elk tag and you get 90 pounds of meat from that, that's going to be your best bang for your buck. But let's say that that's not on the table. I, I, I broke it down into a 30 gram portion for each of the foods. Greek yogurt comes in at 91 cents. Eggs come in at $1.23 because there's been a giant surge in those. Protein powder at $1.08 and your humble chicken breast at 63 cents. So to answer his question, what's going to be literally the least expensive thing that I could buy that's going to provide me the best muscle building power that I could have, it would be chicken. In order to compare those things, was that a cup of eggs, a cup of Greek yogurt, a cup of protein powder, a cup of chicken breast? Because people also, you know, throughout our program have said, gosh, I have a hard time eating enough protein or that's so much food. So whether you're trying to eat less quantity or more quantity is one, I don't know the right term for this, is one more potent in protein than the other? So what I broke it down by was a third no matter how no matter how large the portion had to be 30 grams of it right so it could have been a cup and a half of greek yogurt to get to 30 grams it could have been four ounces of chicken to get to 30 grams it could have been six eggs whether that's egg whites or or full eggs to get to 30 grams or so everything that i looked at i asked okay what is the cost to get to 30 grams regardless of the portion size but to answer your question chicken would still win because you know a average size chicken breast is going to be about 12 to 16 ounces theoretically you could get three to four 30 gram portions out of that and if you've got six or seven in a pack it's going to be the least expensive option based off of all these the winner would have been eggs but for whatever reason Eggs have jumped from like 99 cents a dozen. And this is, uh, what is the date today? November the 11th, 2022. It's jumped from like 99 cents a dozen to 350 a dozen for a dozen 12 uh, or a dozen large eggs. So like that being a really great bang for your buck protein is kind of out the window now. So yeah, it's, I, you know, as far as cost value and, um, trying to figure out what your best bang for your buck's going to be chicken still wins and like that can seem kind of boring but what i would encourage you to do is to find different ways to use it so like we've talked before about a number of ways that we've used it and now as like it starts to get into the winter months we'll start even boiling it shredding it making white chicken chili out of it chicken salad all sorts of different things so finding different ways to use that because you do kind of have to cost, you don't kind of, you do have to factor in the cost of some of these foods, especially if you're trying to hit a certain protein threshold to maintain a certain performance level or recovery. This is kind of twofold. For people that do eat other kinds of meat besides chicken, do all meats have the same amount of protein per, let's just say per gram in them? And what about different kinds of eggs like quail eggs though they're smaller do they are they still that highest special score that you talked about the the so the scores will not change but it's going to pay, depend upon the size of the egg right like i mean it would take a dozen or more quail eggs to equal 6 chicken eggs it would take one ostrich egg to equal 6 chicken eggs right so a lot of that's going to be dependent upon the size of the 
of the egg as to how much of it you actually get. Um, as far as your question with meat, by and large, there's going to be about, it's going to be dependent upon the fat content of the meat, right? So if you weigh an ounce of meat and 50% of it is fat, 50% of it is lean, obviously that's less protein in that, that, that portion. If you weigh another piece of meat and it's a hundred percent lean, zero percent fat, that's an, that, that is nothing but protein. So it's obviously going to take less of the lean meat to get more protein than the fatty cuts of meat. And that's something that's worth mentioning. Like for someone who is trying to get, let's say, try to get lean or trying to lose a certain amount of weight for something. When you choose leaner proteins, you can get more protein and fewer calories, which helps tremendously with weight loss and staying lean. So when you go to get, like I think about buying beef, when you go to buy beef and you see the percentage, the fat percentage, the other percentage that's not listed, would would it be fair to say that is the percentage of protein? Um, so the, the numbers that are listed is like, let's just say that it's 85-15 or 73-27 or 95-5. The first number listed is the percent lean. The second number listed is the percent fat. So you could view it as that first number being the protein content, but that number is not describing how many grams are in a certain portion. It's describing the percentage of a certain weight of that meat what percent of it is lean, which would be all protein compared to what percent of it is fatter. So really what you want is you want the highest number you can possibly get for the first number, the lowest number you can possibly get for the second number. Now, something like 99.1 ground turkey, let's say, for example, or even, even elk meat with no fat ground into it, Great for stuff like tacos, chilies, sloppy joes, things that are going to have a sauce to them, right? Because you don't need something really, really fatty. In fact, you almost always drain the fat off. So really great for stuff like that. That's going to make a pretty rough burger. <laughs> that is not going to be a really delicious burger. So finding a good balance there, like general recommendations would be going no more than a 90-10 if you're trying to make a burger. The average person makes a burger out of 7327, really, really fatty. And or like the leanest you'll see um, if 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 people most people would do like a 7327 or an 8515. Now, if you've like that and you measure out the dose and you meet your calorie intake, that's not a problem at all. None, none at all. But if you're saying I want a bunch of meat in the fewest calories possible. You want the first number to be as high as possible, the second number to be as low as possible. Does the term protein and the term lean, lean meat or lean, does that mean the same thing? It doesn't in labeling, but you could view it that way, right? Because if it's if they're saying X percent over X percent is the lean portion compared to the fat portion, that means that lean portion, that first number is almost all protein. Right, Because if you were to put, again, if you were to put a piece of meat on a scale that weighed one ounce and there was no fat in it, 0%, everything in that one ounce is nothing but protein with water, right? The water cooks out. So when you get done, 
cooking that meat, you put it on a scale, it doesn't weigh one ounce still. It might weigh three fourths of an ounce, or it might weigh half of an ounce because you've cooked the water out. But what's left after that cooking is entirely protein, no carbohydrate in meat and no fat in meat. If it's a, you know, 0% fat product. All right. So that is a wrap on this episode. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back again in another couple of weeks. If you have questions that you'd like us to tackle, you can send those to info at v2pnutrition.com. If there are certain things that you want to hear in the no off season series coming up at the first of the year, you can email those to us as well. We are opening things up for enrollment to the one-on-one coaching program. If you feel like you want some guidance on how to develop and tailor your own nutrition for specific goals you want to go through the course that we've built and just learn more about it over 16 weeks you can do that at v2pnutrition.com appreciate you guys joining us and we will talk to you again soon